The politics is hotly contested, but what about the practicalities of tunnelling, not once, but potentially three times under Auckland's Waitemata Harbour? The government's unveiled a mega-project to future-proof Auckland's Harbour Bridge with plans for two underground vehicle tunnels stretching up to six kilometres from the CBD to Akoranga, twice as long as the Waterview Tunnel. There will also be a 21k light rail tunnel all the way to Albany and reallocation of lanes on the existing bridge with some dedicated exclusively to buses, cyclists and walkers. The staged construction is currently costed at $45 billion. Nick Brook is President of the Structural Engineering Society of New Zealand and joins us now. Kia ora, Nick. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Can you put this in context? I mean, how big is this? How enormous a project? Oh, it's um, no two ways about it. It's huge. Um, New Zealand's biggest project to date in the infrastructure space, I think, is the city rail loop. Um, And this is multiples times more costly and, in an engineering sense, um, much greater distances of tunnelling. And how complicated? Um, In a a New Zealand sense, it would be um, as complicated at least as the city rail loop, I guess. Uh, But there are plenty of international examples of undersea tunnels that are of this length or greater. Uh, And so uh, the Structural Engineering Society would have, you know, total confidence that New Zealand engineers can deliver a project of this complexity. Uh, But that's not to say that it would be a small task or one that can be done quickly. Do we have do we have anyone on the books who would have done a, a, an underwater tunnel here in New Zealand? Um, I think we we certainly have plenty of people who will have dealt with tunnels that um, pass underwater, um, not necessarily for transport purposes, but there are obviously other tunnels in the sense of um, sewer systems and water pipes and things, which we probably tend to think of as smaller, um, but many of the challenges are going to be similar. Um, And um, there's also, there'd be a good number of expatriate New Zealand engineers in all sorts of projects around the world who've dealt with this sort of thing, I would have thought. Nick, without getting too pointy-headed, what are your options? I mean, how do you actually do it? Because for some people it's inconceivable. You've got a harbour there. I mean, how do you put a tunnel under it? Um, well, in a in a broad sense, there are a number of ways that you can do this sort of tunnel. Um, you can internationally, people have basically built tubes underwater and then anchored them to the seabed, um, and there are even discussions about floating tunnels and so forth. But I think here, given that the harbour is relatively shallow, um, and I think it it bottoms out at about fifteen metres across across a lot of the width, so not too much room between that and a decent-sized ship, um, it would be a board tunnel uh, in the rock underpinning the harbour or basically through the seabed, some depth below the harbour with the exact alignment to be determined um, where particularly for trains, obviously there are things to consider like gradients because trains struggle on steep slopes. Um, So it would come down to making sure that you had enough rock above the tunnel uh, while still being able to get to the places that the tunnel needed to emerge um, once back on land. How disruptive is that? And I'm meaning in terms of um, people in neighbouring land, but also to to the sea, to the ocean. Uh, it should be I, it, it should be fairly low disruption, I think. Um, obviously, around the portals where tunnels emerge, um, there'll be you know 
extensive construction works that would be going on. Uh, but once it's underground, um, it should be a fairly um, a fairly non-disruptive process, particularly under the sea. It would be deep enough that I don't envisage that it would be you know, disrupting marine life or the seabed in any way. Um, it would be well below that sort of level. What about the rail tunnel, which stretches obviously over over land also, and people will still be, you know, um, have PTSD from the CRL, I would think. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to say, uh, but it would obviously be a consideration taken into account when the project was being developed in more detail and the techniques for actually constructing the tunnels were being put together. Uh, and, and even in that situation, a lot of the tunnel, I would imagine, would remain fairly deep below ground to avoid existing services and so forth. So um, you'd expect the disruption at ground level to be uh, kept to a minimum. We're almost out of time, Nick, but probably a crucial question here is this is a project that's um, staged over a number of years, and I'm wondering when someone says that's going to cost $45 billion, do you have a belly laugh about that? Uh, not, not quite a belly laugh, I wouldn't say. Um, we're obviously all... I'm aware of the potential for big projects to have cost overruns and costs to increase. Um, but at this stage, uh, the project's at such a concept level that it's hard to really get your head around what that number means and what's encompassed in it. But so you couldn't really accurately put a price on it right now, you reckon? Um, well, it's certainly, it's not really, as a structural engineer, it's not my role to put a price on um, the overall project. So I'd have to trust that um, other professionals had done that to the best of their ability at this stage um, and that as the designs were refined and um, taken to a further stage then the costings would be as well. Really appreciate your time Nick, good to talk to you. That is Nick Brook who is the President of the Structural Engineering Society of New Zealand.